The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, and strong language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Potterotica Podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Lindsay. And I'm... <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm Janine Scrotum. <laughs> Try again. And I'm Janine Scrotum. <laughs> You guys asked for more punking Danny with silly name intros, and we delivered. Yes. That's Channing Scrotum. There are more to come. It it took 10 minutes before the recording, and they were huddled, and they were like, oh, this one. No, this one. This one's the best. We got to do this one. And I'm like, oh, shit. What are you guys doing? We might be doing these for the next 13 episodes. You're going to forget what Danny's real name is Mm. if if we do our job right. He's hoping we do this so everyone can forget that his name is Giggles. Self-picked. Oh, Channing Scrotum. Love it. You might want to introduce that at the sex club. I'm going to yeah, try that. Float it. I'm going to be walking in public and somebody's going to shout, hey, Channing Scrotum, <laughs> and my life will be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. Thank you, ladies. You're welcome. So, welcome. so here we are. Are we like officially mid? Yeah. This is the moment. Yeah, we are halfway through the story. So this is this is a big, God, big time I love for this us. story. It's so good. You know Schrodinger's cat, the philosophy that this guy had a cat in a box and it was like, he didn't know if it was alive or dead, but because he hadn't opened the box, it could be both. Oh, right. I just read a story on that last night. That's so weird that you brought that up. It's a reference us, <laughs> us, us intellectuals. <laughs> right, you said intellectual and I said thinker. Um, <laughs> I'll be a thinker. Anyway, this is like <laughs> Schrodinger's sex. You yeah, know. it is. At Schrodinger's pussy? Schrodinger's pussy, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a few fun call-outs before we... Yeah. We do. What I really like is we've never called them call-outs before, but it started yeah, this gonna, morning when we were talking about it, and now I'm really into it. I'm just going <laughs> to guess what a call-out is. Okay. <laughs> so we have another song that we're going to play at the end of the episode. When this one got submitted, it made me laugh out loud the name. The name of the song is Snape of You, and it's obviously to the tune of Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. And I thought it was so funny. It's really funny, so she rewrote the lyrics. And then I just wanted to re-acknowledge the last two artists that we played at the end of our episodes, Uncle A, and then uh, Anna, who sang Why Don't You Do Right, the uh, Roger Rabbit remake. They have two of the most beautiful voices. Truly. I've so talented. ever heard, and I just don't even feel like we truly acknowledged how impressive those songs It's were. like an embarrassment of riches. You know, yeah. like we have all of these people writing and singing so beautifully that we're like, yeah, and another song. And we just wanted to make sure that you guys know when you yeah. submit a song, we, well, Allie plays it on repeat. <laughs> we, yeah. It's now the new way we think of these songs. And we just like commend you for your time and talent and skill. It's just incredible. Totally. So, and yeah. as singers ourselves, yeah. and as yeah. a non, talent knows talent. As a non-singer, don't let that inhibit you. You know, it's like sing yes. like yes. a whole bunch of horny paterotics are listening. Yes. I don't know, Danny. I'd have to classify you as a singer now ever since The Sound of Music. You really got that trill and you're like the vibrato was No, his best point. was tell me more. Uh, uh, oh. oh, yeah. He liked the ah. Uh. Oh, he did. Yeah. It was That's like beautiful. And you were like leaning back. I was like possessed. You're back into it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we, yeah, this the songs just light up our life and everyone's, I think. So thank you yeah. for submitting. It's the best. I have a call out for a DM I got from a pair who listen to, these are farmers who listen to our podcast while they tend to their plants. So Rob and Teague, 
I we're like sort of torn on that last name. T-E-A-G-U-E. Someone will tell us. I feel like Teague sounds right. Teague's, yeah. Teague sounds right. Anyway, they they said, some people play music for their plants. We play Harry Potter erotica. So far, they seem to enjoy your dulcet tones. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I just like shout out to you guys for listening. I just love, what did we have? Someone listening on a road in Tuscany. Yeah, we had someone going through the hills of Tuscany listening to <laughs> us in the background. <laughs> and I said, oh, the scenery is almost as beautiful as as our glorious voices. <laughs> uh, so shout out to y'all. That's hysterical. I would love to see a scientist experiment, like, you know, how do plants that listen to Paterotica grow compared to plants that listen to, like, the daily, you know? like <laughs> right. I like, have to imagine they're growing at, like, at least three to four times the speed. Right. They're not, like, growing up, but, like, into each other and just, yeah. like, meshing. You guys, when I was in seventh grade, my science fair experiment was titled, Does Miracle Grow Really Work? <laughs> And I had, I did, it was plants not on Miracle Grow, plants on Miracle Grow. So I could dig up that research and we could do, does Paterotica really work <laughs> on plants? Can you tell us what the outcome I of that I can tell experiment? you, it does not. <gasps> oh, great. Now they're never going to Miracle Grow, not Paterotica. Yeah. Oh, My family well. and I had to join the Witness Protection Program when those results <laughs> were published. I had to do that experiment, but I was dumb and I forgot. So my mom took me to Home Depot when we bought 12 different types of plants and just like took pictures of each stage of life. <laughs> oh, my so, family would have totally done that. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> my call out is for the runner up for the season story. So we posted mm. it out on it on the Potterotics and Instagram, but I just want to make sure that we are giving the rightful credit to call me sir underscore professor for writing yours Albus, which I think is a little more canon. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're like, you know, these whipping wizards are amazing, but what could have happened more realistically in Fantastic Beasts, you can get that there. So anyway, check it out. We'll post it again and remind people. Uh, But we're just so grateful for Call Me Sir Professor for writing. It was actually his first time writing Mm. um, a story. I'm bummed we couldn't read both. No. There's an alternate timeline somewhere where we're reading that as well. But then we wouldn't have our names. We wouldn't have Giggles and Madame Tramstamp. Tram Stamp and Mistress Midriff, or Dame Midriff. Dame, Dame Midriff. Midriff, yeah. So, anyway. Also, Danny, when you say whipping, you say it like Stewie and Family Guy. A whipping wizard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with how I say what? it? That reminds me of the vocal exercises you and I did to distinguish our voices. Which, which? Oh, which, 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 which? Which, <laughs> which didn't seem to help at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we? Shall we find out Pensieve? what happens? We should pensive teeny tiny bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Allie, do you want a pensy for us? Yeah, so uh, because I just re-listened to it yesterday, basically what happens is, so it starts with Elvis is at Hogwarts and he's trying to decide, he's telling Mistress Bebe that, <laughs> Bebe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 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 so fancy. <laughs> Mistress Bebe, if he, uh, Bethilda, if he should, he's telling him uh, about the setup. Should he go to the Matra's house? And she's kind of advising against it, but obviously he decides to go anyway. He shows up at the house. He's late. Like all friends, when their friends are like, eh, you shouldn't text him back. And you're like, I won't. <laughs> You've already sent it. Yeah. <laughs> you're just hoping. I was just asking. Yeah, I was asking for permission. Um, and so uh, he goes to his house and he shows up late, which means that Matra is going to punish him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it only like one minute late or something? It was like one minute like, late. Yeah. Here. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope. And and he didn't have a mask on. So the Matra did not have a mask on. Elvis still had 
his on. Mm. And they're having a glass of water and they are saying they need to build trust and get to know each other. But we haven't had any. Doesn't he say something like, I'll take my mask off if you. Oh, they make a vow. They, oh, they do an unbreakable vow of. Of chastity. Of chastity. Right. If they break it, then they're chaste. Yeah. You lose the ability to so, achieve orgasm if yes. you break your promise. So, uh, yeah, they make an unbreakable vow and they're oh. just sipping some water and building that trust so they can build that orgasm. Build up to the orgasm, yes. Trust and consent makes a great orgasm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it, guys. All right. Elvis followed the matra through the house and downstairs into the basement. As they reached the bottom of the stairs, they paused in front of a door, which was painted black like the ones at the club. (gasps) The matra gripped the door handle and gave Elvis a wicked grin. Ready, he asked. Elvis swallowed hard and nodded. His heart was thumping so hard in his chest now it was painful. The matra pushed the door open and he beckoned Elvis inside, then closed it quietly behind him. The room was small, with the same dark wooden paneling that decorated the hall upstairs. It was dimly lit with several candles floating in midair, illuminating the small playground in a soft glow. <gasps> Playroom. Play- <laughs> Playroom. Oh. <laughs> Not a playground. That would have the been slide and honestly the, and the monkey horrifying. Bars and the jungle. Well, a playroom isn't that much different. That's yeah. an indoor playground. Yeah. A playroom. For adults. A playroom. I know, but you think of like wooden blocks and like an alphabet carpet. Oh. <laughs> Elvis, however, paid the candles and the interior decor no mind. Instead, his gaze was immediately drawn to the center of the room. His eyes widened and his cock hardened at the sight of the contraption that the major had laid out for him. A satisfied smile spread across. (laughs) Hopscotch. (laughs) His eyes widened, cock hardened, tic tac toe. A swing set? A satisfied smile spread across the major's face and he slipped his hands around Elvis's waist, resting his chin on Elvis's shoulder. Do you like what you see? He asked softly. Elvis swallowed hard and nodded mutely. That he did. At the center of the room was a wooden apparatus that resembled a pommel horse. <laughs> <laughs> the body was covered in black leather padding and four arms extending out from beneath it. Two on either side with padded arms and leg rests as well as a cushioned headrest at the front. Is this like a sleeping horse? Like with the legs out? Like a horse carpet? A horse carpet, yeah. Oh, I think that, that's- you could think of it that way, but I think it's like... A pommel horse is like, it's elevated, just like this, and it's up, and then there's probably like places just for his legs and feet. It's basically so just like, it's a, like a so it's like a massage table with leather, sort, sort of. of, but like the arms come off. Yeah, <laughs> you could do so much. <laughs> we should get one. We should co-invest. Danny, is it like a bearskin rug? <laughs> <laughs> is that a horse rug? <laughs> You know, you love a horse and you don't want to leave it, so after it dies, you turn it into a rug and put it in the middle of your house? Yes, exactly. As a kid, I had a bearskin rug in the middle of my bedroom, a white one. Not that's a real bear. A, that adds up. <laughs> yeah. Nancy didn't kill a bear for you? Yeah. Ow, some mom. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mom. Loosely wrapped around the arms and leg rests were several coils of rope, enough to stop Elvis from fidgeting or indeed moving at all, if, if the matron was so pleased. His heart began to race with nerves and arousal at the thought of being strapped to the table at the mercy of this man. There is nothing he wanted more. He couldn't help but notice the table to the left of the leather pommel horse. A leather apron, oh, (laughs) a leather apron was hanging off the end of, and his eyes trailed across the variety of toys the matra had laid out for him. The dragon leather spanking paddle he had seen the matra wielding. 
in the club, a metal rod with a silver wheel covered in evenly spaced sharp pins. Ouchie. A whipping crop, and Albus's breath hitched at the Pardon sight. Me. A whipping crop? A whipping. whipping. A large black dildo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it had three different size bumps down the shaft, each shaped like the head of a cock. It was slightly intimidating. <laughs> slightly. But Albus was still keen to experiment with it. That's like a dragon dildo. You know, like yeah. a three-pronged <laughs> dildo. Yeah. Don't mind if I dildo. There we go. <laughs> The matron's hand deftly slipped down the front of Albus's trousers Ooh. and gripped his already aching hard cock. He gasped and thrust forward into the man's fist, desperate for more contact. The matra pressed his lips to Albus's ear, his hot breath kissing the skin and making him shiver. I'm going to punish you for turning up so late tonight, he whispered. Were you going to say something, Dan? We're going to say that yeah. Allie was late this morning, so we're going to punish her in a similar way. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Read your mind. <laughs> Perfect. I hope as so. In, as in do. Matra! Did you put your hand on my pants? Harry, Harry did you put, did you put oh, your hand? Name of the Goblet of Fire. Nature, did you put your hands on <laughs> Dumbledore's pants? Allie <laughs> knew instantly the impression. <laughs> I got you, boo. Good work, oh, guys. I'm forcing it a little. I'm no, like, no, no, no. It's okay. beautiful. <laughs> it's he's, like, he's like being so sexy, and then Dumbledore is like, did you put your hand on my pants? Did you? <laughs> Danny, the best was when I looked over at you. I knew you wanted to say it, and then you reneged on it. And then... <laughs> you miss 100% of the jokes you don't make. You were like, your body language was like... <laughs> Did I say it? Did I, I say it? I saw the joke, and I became as aroused as <laughs> him looking at that pummel horse. That horse carpet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Horse pummel horse, more like pummel horse. Ooh. I feel like horse carpet is what I should call my body hair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Italian stallion. Oh, yes. yes. That's why. Nice to meet you. Uh, I am horse carpet. <laughs> That's your club name. <laughs> I'm Dave Midriff. I'm horse carpet. And I'm giggles. <laughs> I'm going to punish you for turning up late tonight, he whispered, his hand sliding up and down Albus's thick, slick shaft. <laughs> I'm going to bend you over that table and tie you down so you can't move an inch, and then I'm going to use my toys to fuck with you. Ooh. Albus groaned as he felt the major's erection pressing into the small of his back. Without thinking, he reached out to touch it, but the man slapped his hand away. Oh, no, you don't, he chastised. You'll be servicing me later, but you don't get to touch without permission. You understand? Albus nodded. Aloud. The whispered word tickled across the tiny hairs on Albus's skin. The tiny horse hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Albus Nay. Heard, <laughs> Nay. <laughs> Albus heard the rustle of clothing moments before a firm hand was covering his neck, craning his neck back to rest on the shoulder behind him. Eek! How did I tell you to address me, Kelpie? Albus racked his brain, which was an arduous task when it felt like all of the blood in his body had flooded to his southern territory. <laughs> we had a joke a long time ago about South Country. <laughs> We did. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. I feel like someone called it a South Country in the oh, story. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hand was not restricting his breathing, but it also gave no quarter, forcing his back up against the other man's taller frame. Finally, the correct answer floated into Albus's brain, and he let out a breathy, I understand, Master. That's a good boy. You will always address me as such when we're playing. The fingers of one hand stroked Albus's Adam's apple. <laughs> Adam's apple feels like a Snape erogenous. It does, it does. The fingers of one hand stroked Albus's Adam's apple, following its movement as Albus stroked, 
while his other gave Albus's cock a torturously slow stroke, pulling the foreskin over the glands and rubbing them together, setting off a fireworks of sensation from the nerve endings in his foreskin. First things first, I need to punish you. Roughly pulling his hand free from Elvis's trousers, he took a step back. His teasing smile replaced with a stony expression. Oh, he's such a tease. Yes, DT. <laughs> Strip, he commanded, and Elvis obeyed, practically tearing off his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the matra gently rested a hand on Elvis's shoulder, and he paused. Relax, take your time, he said soothingly. We have all night to enjoy each other, and all the way to Monday. <laughs> <laughs> If, if needed. I, I can't believe Elvis said, if I'm not back by Monday, then that's when it becomes problematic. <laughs> so much wrong with that. Elvis <laughs> let out a shaky breath and nodded. He began stripping again with greater care this time, his hands trembling with nervous anticipation as he struggled to undo the buttons of his shirt. He made a mental note to wear clothing that was easier to remove next time he came here. <laughs> there was no doubt in his mind that he would be coming back for more in the near future. How hard is it to disrobe? Yeah, what does he have on? Like a yoga pants. Suit. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, I just sit down on a bench and like pull them over can my you, ankle. Can you pull this ankle? <laughs> when he finally shred the last of his clothes, Elvis stood naked in front of the matra, awaiting instruction. Again, the matra remained fully clothed. Although the outline of his erection was obvious in his tight trousers, he inclined his head toward the black leather table. Climb under the table, he ordered. Get on your hands and knees. Oh, such a vulnerable position for step one. Wow. <laughs> We're going to start light. Jeez. <sighs> Spread eagle. Elvis did as he was instructed, shaking slightly as he climbed on top of the table, resting his forearms and shins on the padded rests. The matra picked up the first coil of rope and began fastening it around Elvis's waist. <laughs> he, like, throws him out a window, like, bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> the rope looked as though it was made of spun silver and it felt silky smooth against his skin. Elvis realized that it must be made of unicorn hair. A nap choice, thought Elvis. Not only was unicorn hair soft to the touch, but it was incredibly strong and durable, perfect for tying someone up. <laughs> As the unicorns would want. Yeah. If you want to stop at any time, even if it's just to readjust the ropes, or if you get a cramp, or if you want to stop completely, the ring will let me know. Yes. But you'll have to tell me what's causing your discomfort. I expect you to be honest with me. Do you understand? He asked, carefully securing Elvis's torso. Understood. Oh, he quietly Elvis. agreed. A sharp crack split the air and Albus's body jolted. But he wasn't sure whether it was from the sting of pain, which was now giving way to a wonderful tingling sensation that causes cock to give a jerk of appreciation, or if it was just from the surprise of the action. Who's <laughs> pictured his cock saluting? Albus <laughs> <laughs> hmm? swallowed, his mouth suddenly flooding with a spike of anxious excitement. Albus looked at the magical ring in his right hand and took in the swirling green liquid that gave off a faint pulsing light. Albus licked his lips and tried again. I understand, master. The matra eyed Albus appraisingly, finally seeming satisfied. The sternness melted away from his face, and Albus shivered when the matra's voice said down several octaves, and in a gravely voice he crooned, Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> Good boy. Good boy. In a Batman voice, he crooned. <laughs> Good boy. Once Albus's upper body was fastened into place, the matra began securing his legs, sliding the rope over his taut thighs and calves. Like read your life. There's nothing that way. No. No. Having to read on the spot out loud. There's nothing funnier. Oh my god. Rub my calves. Calves. 
Calves. <laughs> it makes it sound so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Calves. <laughs> is <sighs> calves. <laughs> Sliding the rope over his taut thighs and calves, deliberately brushing the palm of his hands over his bare flesh, teasing him even now before their play really began. It would have even been easier and quicker to use his wand, but the matron wanted to touch Elvis, wanted to take his time with him. Standing behind Elvis now, he pulled two ropes up between his legs and around his hips, tightening them so that they pulled his arse open, leaving his anus, cock, and balls exposed for easier access. Elvis's heart hammered hard in his chest. The matra had barely touched him, and he was already feeling lightheaded. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not much oxygen in that playroom. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) He felt incredibly exposed and vulnerable in this position, and he'd never been harder in his life. Okay, what would be sexy for you? Getting tied up by hand or getting tied up by magic? I think as a muggle, being tied up by magic would be very sexy. As a wizard, like, hey, lazy fucker, you know, do this by hand. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I think by hand would feel, like, slower and more personal and have more, like, contact. Because they'd be, like, hovering yeah. over you and stuff. But I agree that magic would be magical. The matra double-checked that all of the ropes were secure enough to stop Elvis from fidgeting, but not tight enough to cut off circulation. Finally, he took a few steps back to admire his handiwork. Elvis on all fours, ass up, and strapped down, completely at his mercy. Mercy. Face down, ass up, that's the way I like to playroom. (laughs) (laughs) To BDSM. (laughs) You should see yourself like this, he sighed, nodding his head appreciatively. You look divine. As erotic as the sight was, the best part was the look in Elvis's anus, <laughs> Elvis's eyes, completely in utter submission and trust. He circled Elvis, appreciating him from all angles, coming to a stop in front of him, making sure Elvis's gaze was fixed on him. He squeezed his erection through his tight trousers, groaning softly. Elvis's eyes glazed over and he involuntarily licked his lips. The matra smiled, pleased that Elvis was as much into this as he was. He liked this one, liked him a lot, in fact. He definitely planned on punishing Albus with pleasure tonight. That way, hopefully, he'd come back for more. Albus's eyes followed the man as he moved across the room toward the table with his tools of pain and pleasure, pacing back and forth, trying to decide which one to use. Choices, choices, he sighed, his hand hovering back and forth over the different toys. His hand lingered over the Wartenberg wheel, then the paddle, but at the last moment, he snatched up the black dildo. Oh, <laughs> Wow. An involuntary oh, whimper. A is, Wartenberg wheel is, it's that. Thing Danny used last night. Uh, Alexa? You know what I use? It's um, it's like a scoring, you know, it used like score paper. Oh. But it has like sharp ridges. Mm. Oh, it's a thing that we use under eyes. Like women use under their eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what women use under their eyes. Under their eyes? Yeah, to get rid of like fine lines and wrinkles. That's such a delicate place of the face. Is it going to smooth out a scrotum? What would you use that for in this in the sexual world? I mean, that looks a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Sorry, yeah. nobody asked, but I wanted to answer. <laughs> Proud of your knowledge. But at the last moment, he snatched up the black dildo. An involuntary whimper escaped Albus's lips at the mere thought of the matra putting it inside him. As his erection pressed hard against the leather surface of his table, he tried running back and forth, desperate to increase the sensation, but he couldn't move an inch. The matra held out the dildo for Albus's perusal. I'm just realizing that Elvis should really link up with Filch because he's got a whole torture chamber. <gasps> and that's when I heard like apron. That's yeah. If Elvis only knew. 
I'm going to fuck you with this, he informed him matter-of-factly. Elvis's pupils were so dilated they looked almost black. But you aren't allowed to come until I give you permission to. Understood? Understood, master, Elvis replied, his voice low and rough. He stepped behind Albus and marveled at the sight before him for a few moments before casting a silent lubrication spell, <laughs> teasing Albus's hole with his finger, which easily slipped inside of him. His grin broadened. Prepped yourself before coming here tonight, did you? He chuckled. I love how keen you are. You just want this thick black cock inside of you now, don't you? Merlin, yes. Albus breathed. A pleasant sting erupted across his bare flesh and his ass clenched around the matron's fingers. What was that? He asked sharply. Yes, master. Albus groaned, correcting himself. The matra carefully removed his fingers and then lightly brushed the dildo against Albus's entrance. Ready? He asked. Albus closed his eyes and took a long, deep breath, trying to relax. Ready, master. He confirmed. Geller began to press the dildo against Albus's hole, meeting some resistance, but slowly, gradually, the matra pushed it further into him. You know when Harry goes for the first time into Dumbledore's office and, like, the stairway is revealed behind the phoenix? Yeah, yeah. I picture that. <laughs> Let's hope wings don't expand on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) That was the exact setting of your story, Danny, the one I wrote. Remember when you were walking up the staircase? Wow, wow, wow. Into Dumbledore's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually the setting. I love that detail out. Yes. As Danny slowly ascended into Dumbledore's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) That's where all the naughty Hufflepuffs go. (laughs) Albus's breasts were coming out in quick, hard pants as the toy slid deeper inside of him. And as the fist bump slid past the tight ring of muscles, Albus's eyes flew open and he gasped, Oh, God. He tried arching his back as much as possible, but the ropes prevented him from moving. The matron pulled the toy back out entirely and whispered, does it feel good? Fuck yes, master, he groaned. And matron smiled and proceeded to slide it back in again in long, slow strokes over and over again, pushing Elvis closer and closer to the edge. Elvis tried to lean back, desperate to increase the speed and intensity of the man's torturously slow sexual ministrations. The matron noticed how fidgety Elvis was, was getting, and he tissed. Quite impatient, aren't you? He teased. I'll have to punish you for that. Yes, please. Albus whimpered, desperate for the pain and pleasure of the matron's retribution. The matron murmured a spell under his breath and enchanted the dildo to continue sliding in and out of Albus's ass on its own while he moved <laughs> round him to face him, his erection pressing uncomfortably against the constraints of his trousers. Albus's breathing was becoming increasingly ragged, his skin slick with perspiration. He was so close to coming, but he concentrated on holding off. He hadn't even been given permission to come yet. The matra lifted Albus's chin a little and ran his thumb over his pink pouty lips. You've got a pretty mouth, he said, his voice low and husky. It would look even prettier wrapped around my cock. The <laughs> end of this episode. Oof. Good oh. luck. Good luck this week, you guys, oh. thinking about that. Wow. We just turned this recording studio into a sauna. Wow. Damn. Wow. Wow. Whew. When the episode ends, check your underpants. Are you ones up or down? Green ring or brown? We don't want a brown ring in this circumstance. He might have a brown ring. Remember his, wasn't his ring like a murky brown in the beginning? That's like the neutral. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yes, I get it. Brown takes on a different meaning after this episode. 
I have to say, I think my ring is a little yellow. Mm. And I think the reason it is, is this is so aggressive. It's so much. <laughs> I think I'm overwhelmed. I, he's so constrained and I know he loves it. So I'm totally here for that. But, oh, it makes me anxious to think being so tied up with nowhere to go and nowhere to move. Nowhere to go. My ring be green. Green. My ring be green for Albus. Yes. Because I agree with Allie. Yeah. Like, I personally have too much anxiety. And I also talk too much. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this is a nice pump. He'd be like, shut up, <laughs> boy. And I'd be like, oh, you know, it's just a nervous t- <laughs> <laughs> You would be getting whipped so much because then you'd keep forgetting to say master. You would never I'm like, seriously, my ring's red. <laughs> you would never even get to the dildo because he'd just be whipping you constantly. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what's this thing? Oh, it's a Wardenberg wheel? Cool. <laughs> Hold on, can I Google that? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, listen, Giggles, just get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like to do what I'm told, so like this isn't my particular kink, but I think the way it's written is incredibly sexy mm-hmm. and it seems that they're both enjoying themselves. So Yeah. I could also picture, like, I know this isn't canon, but, like, I bet as kids, they probably, you know, were, like, rough with each other. And yeah. And they grew up and, like, got sexy and then could still be rough with each other. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the two most powerful wizards in the world. That's got to be some hot sex. Right. They're not doing it missionary. <laughs> yeah. There's no missionary to be had. <laughs> wow. That was That's that was hot. Amazing. And, whew. All right. Well, next up, we have The Snape of You by Jessica, which is almost as sexy as this episode. Whoop. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Brandon, Strain, and Rachel for this masterpiece. Yeah. She's a masturbate. Amazing. Stay tuned. Bye. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Jessica, and I rewrote the lyrics to Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. Uh, which I'm going to sing for you now. It's called Snape of You. So I hope you all enjoy it. In the dungeon is where I'll find him. So trust me when I say I gotta go. In the back of the class set, the table starts to question me about what I know. Come over and start up a conversation with just me. And it strikes me, you'll give me a chance now. Detention and just like J-Man, I'm gonna take off snivelly spence. And I'm singing like boom slain skin and lace swing flies. Your love is what I'm concocting. Come on, boy, I'll make you see. You make me crazy, forget Lily. Say, girl, no need to talk so much. No time to waste all use legilimency. Come on now, follow my lead. I'll give you just what you need. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the snape of you. Don't care if you use shampoo. Brewing potions is what we do. I'm in love with somebody. Last night in your classroom, we did something that we shouldn't do. You know he's Dumbo's man through and through. I'm in love with somebody. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I. I'm in love with somebody, oh I, oh I, oh I, oh I. I'm in love with somebody, oh I, oh I, oh I, oh I. I'm in love with somebody, then he taught me something so brand new. I'm in love with the snape of you. My duck princess is my madam pince, well I'm telling you, I don't know. Why you acting shifty, you let nobody see. Give him a curse when they make you a joke. You've been up for hours and hours, keeping Voldemort from his powers, and so I'm asking if you're doing okay. 
You and me getting nasty. Is this really happening? So intoxicating, making me sway. And I'm singing like boom, swing, skin, and they swing flies. Your love is what I'm concocting. Come on, boy, I'll make you see. You make me crazy, forget Lily, say girl. No need to talk so much. No time to waste, I'll use legitimacy. Come on now, follow my lead. I'll give you just what you need. <laughs> I'm in love with the snape of you. Don't care if you use shampoo. Brewing potions is what we do. I'm in love with somebody. Last night in your classroom, we did something that we shouldn't do. You know he stumbles man through and through. I'm in love with somebody. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why? I'm in love with somebody. Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why? I'm in love with somebody, oh I, oh I, oh I, oh I. I'm in love with somebody, he's the bravest man I ever knew. I'm in love with the Snape of you, come on be my Snapey, come on. 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 I'm in love with the Snape of you. Don't care if you use shampoo. Brewing potions is what we do. I'm in love with somebody. Last night in your classroom, we did something that we shouldn't do. You know he stumbles men through and through. I'm in love with somebody. Come on, be my Snapey. Come on. I'm in love with somebody. Come on, be my Snapey. Come on. I'm in love with somebody, come on be my Snapey, come on. I'm in love with somebody, every day I'm telling you his heart is true. I'm in love with the Snape of you. For more erotic goodness, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Poderotica Podcast, or join our private Facebook group, The Poderotics. For updates, merch, or to submit a story, visit us at PoderoticaPodcast.com. And if you like what you're listening to, make sure you're subscribed. And if you're extra horny, leave a review. But only if it's nice. 10 points for nice reviews.